0: Welcome to the VSO Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast on Thursday, the 7th of July. And we're recording this just after Boris Johnson has resigned as our Prime Minister, uh, leaving the country in even more disarray. Um,
1: What's your view on that then, Phil? A wasted opportunity is what I think he should have made more of what he what he had we need to, we need stability it's a great shame uh, so let's hope that we can get you know solid replacement in and some stability we just all need that.
0: Uh, we certainly do and I suppose the question is I think the hot favorite at the moment is penny mordant uh, but we'll see it's early days yet. the market yeah. is taking in its stride which is maybe tells you everything currency has gone stronger. Maybe tells you everything. Actually, his position was untenable. He had to go. Anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about tech and transitional energy. Uh, I'm actually down in Cornwall. have been all week. Uh, I am sort of doing a bit of work, but it does mean that I'm probably not as up to speed as maybe I should be. So (laughs) I'm going to have to do lots of talking today. Well,
1: Andrew, I have been busy. Um, I've been looking for good news this week because I think we've had enough of bad news. So um, something to, 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 to kick off with and just a thought is on, I mean, energy is very much to the front of everyone's minds, um, but there was an announcement this week that uh, the government actually something very positive here uh, has completed the fourth round of its contracts for difference scheme. Um, and what that is and why it's important to all of us is uh, this scheme uh, gives you know gives certainty to project developers in renewables to invest in infrastructure, and it protects them from volatility in wholesale prices. So of course, as we know, uh, energy prices being very volatile, and if you're committing uh, billions of in funds, you need some stability. So that's what the CFDs do. Uh, the government's just announced its uh, fourth round, and it's secured 11 gigawatts across a whole range of technology also wind, solar. Uh, and solar and onshore winds. So that's all good. good. That's enough power to power at 12 million homes. So something positive coming out of uh, government of for renewable energy in the country.
0: Well, of course, on that note, and again, not once again turns into a political broadcast, but any new prime minister almost certainly is going to have energy, renewable energy, uh, at the forefront of their policy. Uh, and hopefully they will actually deliver on it, which is what Boris Johnson sort of didn't really do. Um, and so I think it's fair to say that we're going to get, at some stage, probably in the autumn, a lot more news coming out about the UK energy policy.
1: Yeah, that'll be fantastic to see because, I mean, you know, if you if you look back over the last few years, Andrew, country has taken a bit of a lead uh, in terms of what it's been doing and shutting down coal, uh, coal generation uh, capacity and you know growing its wind power but as you say it's lost a, lost a bit of momentum so it's good to uh, good to have seen this and yeah we will hear a lot more about it and also we'll have obviously probably a, yeah a, well a new Prime Minister and we have got
0: a new Chancellor now but that could change again um, and it'll be interesting to see what the view is on windfall taxes I don't think they can take back the windfall tax they've done on, on the North Sea oil and gas but the talk about the the energy distributors like SSE uh, I suspect that may go away uh, and so SSE is probably a stock that you should be buying uh, on the back of Boris Johnson's
1: resignation. Oh there we go That so uh, sounds like a good recommendation to me and uh, just uh, in terms of market volatility and raising capital uh, news that Northvolt uh battery tech uh battery company very large battery company actually uh has raised 1.1 uh, billion dollars ahead of a potential ipo in the next two years they say um yeah swing based lithium-ion battery and uh, they've raised up to eight billion dollars i think uh, so far and this was done by a convertible note, but it was interesting to note and something we were always looking out for is it has strategic looks like it's got some strategic investment in there vw have been putting money into it and it's alongside people like Bailey gifford and uh, and goldman sachs but showing that even in the current climate that the battery uh, you know battery technology is uh, is securing investment
0: yeah look and again we've discussed this on this podcast before but i think what we're seeing now uh it, you know we, we talked about how you know when a new technology comes along the market gets overly excited takes takes the stock prices far 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 too high then doesn't see things happening immediately, things that normally take, you know, sort of five years. Then the prices drop way too low again. And that's when the big strategics come in saying, hey, look, you've got this. This is going to happen. It always was going to happen, just took a bit longer than you investors wanted it to. Uh, And so we can come in and buy up companies where a lot of money has been raised, a lot of technology has been developed, and we can
1: buy it on the cheap. So I think you're going to
0: see more and more of that.
1: Yeah, I've, 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 I've no doubt about that because you, you're so right, Andrew. I mean, it is all about its structural growth in um, in investment in renewables. And, and yeah, these big players will be just waiting for the right time. I think with some of the, you know, as you say, some of the smaller innovative ones where maybe investors have been, um, you know, not as well, paid-
0: I mentioned last uh, week that I was at the uh, International Flow Battery Forum in Brussels. Hmm. It's fair to say that I've had a lot of calls and emails since that conference. Uh, I've been surprised by the level of interest.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the thing, at the end of the day, if you've got really, really good tech um, in a company and the company is looking stupidly cheap and there's a a lot of some currency, of course, it's going to be looked at by the bigger multinationals and strategics. Absolutely. Anyway, there we go. What else you got, Phil? Right well let's just get on to a few I mean there has been quite a lot of news uh, company related in the um, market uh, this week um I you know we'll quickly kick off with one of our clients actually at Summerkun group a uh, cross border uh, e-commerce technology platform it's integrated into all of the main e-commerce infrastructure into China and China's like the Half of global e commerce sales and still growing in even in the current environment. Now, the companies be had a trading update, Andrew. It's been held back, obviously, by you know, um, getting parcels around China which are being disinfected and held if they're coming from overseas. And of course, there's are coming in from overseas, it's cross border. Um, and that has held the group back a bit. But they had a trading update, no expected four-year revenue in sixteen and a half million and and a, and a loss of uh, six point two million, even loss, but that's kind of in line what we were, you know, expected, and that's to March of this year. Going cash four million. Uh, but looking ahead, you know, they'll see the revenue up flattish, but there could be a real bounce back as you know, as controls in COVID controls in China gradually do ease off and the logistics freeze up for them. Um, but we're expecting those uh, losses going into this year to be much reduced, you know, down to about three million loss. Uh, and they say they've got four million on the balance sheet, and are actively looking um, and in talks with strategic investors. Now, quickly on this one, the ticker is SMK. This is on Aquis, about forty million market cap, some kind of group. Um, I read a Fitch report, and it was about e- it's about e-commerce in China, what's happening in those markets, and versus retail markets. Uh, and Fitch are saying that they're saying e-commerce growing above uh, at a rate well above the sort of on um, you know normal retail uh, offline retail as they call it. And one of the beneficiaries they pointed out was SF Holdings, one of China's biggest courier companies. As we know, they are as we talked about strategic investments, they are strategic investors in Samarkand.
0: Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, Samakand SF Express, which is SH SF Holdings. As a strategic investor and partner, they also have a partnership with DHL. I mean, they are so well connected uh, and you've got to say if you're looking around for a group that again has probably become too cheap, and is looking a little bit vulnerable, uh, you'd have to put this on your list probably, not that they want to be taken over anywhere near this price, no. Uh, but compared to some of their peer group, they are very cheap. They are. Uh, actually, also yeah. just to worth pointing out, obviously they, we, we floated them just over a year ago, uh,
1: hmm. very
0: successfully on the Aquis exchange A lot of people have been upset with Aquis, not as much liquidity as it it wanted, Um, but obviously this week we had the announcement out of Hargreaves Lansdowne, that they have now put all of the Apex Aquis stocks, which includes Samarkand onto their platform, can be electronically traded, bearing in mind that Hargreaves Lansdowne controls over 50% of all the SIPs and ices in this country. Uh, It will really help the Aquis market and but it also helps stocks like Samacan, where you should start
1: to see liquidity building up now. There we are. No, that was that was super news. That's been a long time coming. Obviously a lot of work for for so Aquas there and I am a SIP holder of the on Hargoos Landstand. So there you go. Uh, just a quickie, Andrew, while you're there, a quick technical correction. It's a, a summit group of partnerships with FedEx, not DHL, just in case anyone picks up on that one. Um, there was- Sorry, right. Why did I say that? I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> you might. you probably in the parcel this morning from DHL, Andrew. I don't, I don't know. It's obviously
0: been down in Cornwall. It, it changes you, It gets everything muddled up. <laughs> well spotted phil
1: that's uh, my pleasure right moving on moving on sw- uh, swiftly um uh here's an interesting company and situation for you this is uh this is a company called cml microsystems uh been listed for a good number of years on the main list uh they moved recently to uh to to aim um the ticker is cml 58 million market cap and this is what's called the fabulous semiconductor company i.e they design the chips uh, they have the chips made externally by, by um, third-party wafer manufacturers and then they, of course they sell them directly to their customers now what's interesting about cml is this company's market cap is 58 million pounds and it sold one of its divisions uh last year and it now has net cash of 25 million pounds um it's had its four-year results and the uh just looking at the results on this one uh, their revenue was up by 29 percent to uh, 17 million pounds and they uh the profit for tax was 1.7 million now what does it do with its chips uh these go into uh they make what are called radio frequency chips andrew um and these are very important uh for broadcasting radio waves and those radio waves can come from satellites um they can come from ground radio systems and of course 5g networks um, and they produce uh, the chips that go into, and for instance, things like secure radios. So, so you know, satellite secure radios, five G, and machine-to-machine comms. But what's what is interesting about this is they said, you know, I met with them this week, and was saying that during COVID, you know, for instance, airports and hotels uh, will have kind of, you know, and, and just general security people have got radios, and their systems go into these secure radios, and they would seen a downturn in demand, and they're actually seeing all their demand recover and pick up whereas through COVID conversely things like consumer electronics and everything have enjoyed really really strong demand and that's slowing down so here's a company that's actually on the turn into a market that when you look at the global chip market of course that's kind of that's now easing off because a lot of it's consumer driven so business is strongly recovering it has a whole bunch of cash on the balance sheet. It's already been conducting share buybacks and has given back money to investors over the last few years. I think something like 20 million pounds in total. So, this is definitely one that uh, I'll be looking more closely at and does look fundamentally undervalued.
0: Actually, so you've got a very good shareholder list. You've got Pony Asset yeah, Management with 12%, and you've got Lotus, Herald, Ruffer, Lion Trust. Um, Schroder's, Slater. I mean, it's fantastic. Um, Not much turnover in the stock, um, which is maybe a a, a slight issue, but yeah,
1: that's one hell of a shareholder list. Um, There there you go. And as I say, it's rare to see a company that market cap, that amount of cash and actually generating, you know, Generating profits. The forecast next year, and say, it's 18 million of revenue and a net profit of two million pounds. 58 million market cap and all that cash. So we'll be looking a lot more closely about uh, that company. I think talk about that in the future. Another one that's uh, of interest and I think you know, Andrew, I think you know, chairman, is having Trans. Uh, I do. There, we there. We are. The ticker is uh, AVG. The market cap's 144 million pounds. Uh, they had a trading update. Their year ended May of uh, uh, 2022. Uh, their shares are up 6% year-to-date. Uh, just in terms of valuation quickly, it's EV revenue 1.2 times, 17.5 times, PE forms 15.5 in 2023. What does it do, I Avitrans? Mean, it's an advanced engineering company. Um, and I know part of this business very well because I used to act for it. Um, so they have uh, three main divisions. The their energy EPM segment is built around Haywood Tyler. Uh, now this is a company that I I used to work for a good number of years ago. And Haywood Tyler based uh, based in Luton, don't know if they still are? But they they're a pump manufacturer. And they've been around for for many years, but their pumps are not uh, everyday pumps at all. Uh, they are used in the global, by the global energy industry. They're huge bloody pumps, actually, and they're highly highly specialised. And they're used in nuclear reactors. Um, and uh, so, so that's one division. Uh, second division is involved in um, gas compressors, pressure vessels, blast doors, etc. And then the third division is in medical. That's equipment for, they say, medical science and research communities, etc. So let's get on to the, quickly onto their trading update. And they said um, results expected to be in line market expectations, strong net cash in excess of £16 million. Pounds. That's really, really good. But they said about Haywood Tyler, and this really caught my eye, right? And, and he is investing sort of in a recession. So here you've got businesses exposed to medical and nuclear. Doesn't sound bad to me. Uh, they said that they've got, uh, they secured a new contract extension, uh, for what are called molten salt pumps and this is under an advanced reactor demonstration program in the us and it's only at 1.1 million dollars and it's an extension of the contract beyond uh beyond 2.5 but what really really caught my eye on this is and i know about this from haywood tyler about its nuclear certifications um it said that it became the first us company this is their division to update it. it's what's called asme it's like one of the atomic standards and certifications uh for what's called division five equipment but what what it does it allows them um to design manufacture and inspection of pumps uh, for advanced high temperature nuclear reactors so you know so really really specialized here and um, not many of these things about uh, in terms of that and they also said on the medtech company that um uh, adaptics had got uh, an FDA uh, certification for a point of care 3D uh, orthopaedic system in the states uh, and this is for low dose 3d imaging at a point of care which is very important in medical so yeah definitely you know having trans um worth looking at as i say we're into tough times and this is exposed to nuclear and medical uh the worst worst places to be uh to be looking at i think
0: well that was quite a long um explanation of why you like having trans i'll do it slightly shorter the chairman is roger mcdowell and i'd happily own up roger mcdowell portfolio of stocks that he sits on the board oh yeah that's a quicker way of
1: selling this. <laughs> that's hey that's told me off but very good point <laughs> <laughs> anyway moving on swiftly and for a shorter one uh, cerillion cer it's a, a 200 million, uh, 290 million market cap uh, this is uh, Telecom's billing, charging, customer relationship management software. We've spoken about this uh, very often before. Shares are up 25% this year. The stock is not cheap, but uh, probably good reasons for that, given it's doing so well. It's on a multiple of about eight, nine times revenue, four into seven, and the P of 34, four into for, for 23. But anyway, they came out with an announcement this week to say that uh, they've agreed a 10-year contract worth 15 million pounds for the new Telco customer. Um, and so that's pretty positive news for them and there's a bit more details about the software that run but Cerulean has has had super momentum this year and uh, certainly been recognised in market. market. Uh, Zoo Digital, don't you come across that one before Andrew? Yeah well no
0: we've talked a little bit about it on this podcast actually one of my uh, clients is always telling me Andrew you should look at Zoo Digital it's a great company do I ever get around looking at it? No too busy but you tell
1: me all about it. Oh, all right. Well, I have been. Yeah, I've had a look at uh, been on a look at the Zoo Digital, and I think this is one where one of our colleagues met them at the Mellow, uh exhibition actually recently. Right. The uh, so its market cap is just under a hundred million. Uh, the ticket is uh, well, Zoo. I said, oh, surprise, surprise. Um, and they just reported their full year to March. Now this company as what are called, you've the cloud-based localization and media services to the global entertainment industry. So that's all a bit of a mouthful. Um, but if you watch uh, Netflix, uh, as I do, or the stream, you know, just the streaming TV channels in general, you'll have noticed over the last few years a significant increase in the amount of content Um, That is made by overseas program makers, uh, you know, non-English, non-USA, non-UK. And so all of that needs subtitling. um, It needs dubbing and and translation. And um, this is what the guys uh, at the zoo do and their platform. Um, and as they point out, 20, in 2021, 27% of the world's 100 most popular titles were made outside of the US. Uh, so this is a big driver for them: is uh, this this whole idea of uh, localizing localizing uh, the media. Their revenue for the full year revenue was up um, organically 78% to 70 million dollars uh, and their adjusted EBITDA was uh, nearly doubled that to 8.3 million for 4.5 operating, million three, uh, operating profit of 3 million dollars uh, net cash of 6 million dollars but bear in mind it did a placing 10 million dollars in April um, but they said that media services grew by 51 percent um, and this is a data regional launch of their streaming platform. Localization grew by 108%. Demand for new production work rebounded strongly in half, two So, so good, good momentum there, I think, from Zoo Digital and uh, well worth looking at again.
0: Yeah, it's got it hasn't a very strong institutional share list, actually. It's still one that's a little bit not widely held, shall we say. Uh, and yeah, it is a good stock. I mean, it's performed actually pretty well. Um, it's come off its, its highs at the back end of last year when it was up about 150p or so it's now only about 110p or so um, but it's actually held up pretty well. Um, I do think you're right I think it's one that we should be looking at more. Um, I don't know where they're based, maybe it's another visit for us Phil.
1: I think it could be a visit, Andrew, either on the bus, the train or the, wherever, the, the tube, but it would sound like it. No, we'll follow up with them. It does look, does look very interesting. And sometimes companies like this, you know, it's it's explaining, you know, a lot of it's down to explaining the story itself, the mechanics of the business. Um, and, and, and for that reason, often, you know, it's not so overlooked if it if it's a lot of hard work to do that. And that's what we like doing. We like stories like that.
0: Yeah, I think their head office, according to the, it uh, doesn't mean that's where the CEO sits, according, quickly to looking on the, on the internet, is uh, in Southampton Row. So actually it's a walk almost for us. Well, you can go on your bicycle and I'll run after you. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's not far, is it? I don't want to see me turn up in my lycra.
1: <laughs> right, move on swiftly. Uh, yeah, exactly, yes, move on, come on. <laughs> um, Gresham Technologies, uh, again, we've discussed uh, 120 million market cap. Uh, shares are up 10% year to date. They had a trading update for their half to June end. This company is a uh, software and services and they provide solutions for uh, data integrity control, bank integration, payments and cash management. Well, I'll cut a long story short, it's very, they work very, very closely uh, with banks on controlling or managing transactions and things like reconciliations. You know, we've got multiple transactions. So um, it's quite it'll be very sophisticated software and, and very, very trusted, I would have thought, by their partners as a solution. It needs to be for this sort of work. Uh, so their revenues for the period increased by 56%. To 23 million, um, it says. So it's yeah, they had an acquisition of a company called Information Systems. Or excluding that, their organic revenue, right? This is going to banks, Andrew, at the moment. Their organic revenue was up by 19%. You're not going to see that from a lot of companies at present. But you've got to look at you know where they're exposed to, um, and it's saying that they've got uh, a lot of recurring revenue in the business. And their recurring revenue increased to £26 million a period end, and that was uh, up 17%. So that's very, very good. Growing pipeline opportunities, good outlook. Um, yeah, cash of £6.4 million and no debt. So it's again,
0: recession, what recession? I mean, blindly everybody's doing all right. And actually, what is interesting, a lot of people have got very strong balance sheets at the moment, so they can ride out
1: tough times. Yeah, absolutely. Good balance sheet, good customer base, what you look for, you know, reasonably defendable margins for sure. They may come under pressure, but they'll be around when you come through this. And we saw that so much in 2009 and coming out of 2009 post Lehman's like companies like this, where they've got the right things in in place uh, and they can see it through. Oh, yeah. All right. Your
0: next one. I can see you. You're got a long list here keep going
1: <laughs> right okay this is one oh Oh, fact oh sadly this is my last one Andrew oh that's such a shame last but not least Phil that right okay yeah last but not least absolutely okay now I've not come across this company before and it might be renamed but it's IQ Geo so uh that is all one word and the ticker is IQG uh the ticket uh, so it's 80 million market cap. Uh, again, the shares on this one, these are up 11% year to date. Uh, they have just reporting, uh, so they do, yeah. So it's geospatial software that this company does, and they help uh, mm-hmm. utility operators plan and design their networks, construction operations and sales. Uh, yeah and you can see you know for ge- geospatial software is is definitely needed here because of the you know the nature of telco and utility networks involving up digging up roads and uh, with lots of infrastructures already in place and you've got to be really careful with that um and they were saying that they announced a contract win uh for software subscription valued at three point six million dollars um, and there's a service value now of two point one million dollars. Uh, and this is saying that they're going to play a key role in one of the largest uh, fibre uh, networks and 5G build outs in the US, supporting millions of customers uh, across the US. That is, it'll, this looks very interesting, actually. Uh, the company that earlier reported, uh, looking just back at the result, full-year revenue up uh, 51%, $13.8 to million, and its losses reduced to $0.8 million uh sorry uh, 30.8 million pounds losses reduced to uh, 0.8 million ebitda it's got net cash of 11.5 million pounds so that is
0: interesting. Been another great actually has this has been performing now for some time it's just um it's, it's half the company is owned by uh, by two shareholders kestrel who have a, uh, just over 25% and columbia thread needle who have just over who have about 20% so it's going to be pretty tight in terms of liquidity Um, but yeah this is this stock's been going really nicely again recession what recession it just keeps going
1: well there we go so that unfortunately that is me for this week Andrew but I am going to be looking out for more good news for our listeners because I think we've seen too much bad news Uh,
0: well it was all pretty good news really today so it's always nice to be able to talk positive things I will call it a day there. Uh, again, as I always say, if anybody's got any comments or any stocks that we wanna that you want us to talk about, please just let us know. We're always happy to see what we can do for everybody. But uh, we'll be back next week.
1: We will and I look forward to it, Andrew.